Hey, you're listening to Chew On That. Here's what we're chewing on today. For the outsider, they show us a picture of a place that caused that person to think of the person that they sent the card to. It's it's the highlight of a place that they were. It's an Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty in New York, a Space Needle in Seattle, an arch in St. Louis, or the world's largest frying pan in Brandon, Iowa. And we all know that there's far more to those places than that postcard can show. I mean, except Brandon. There's nothing else in Brandon, Iowa, other than the world's largest frying pan. But we all know that there's more to that snapshot than the card can show. And and there's just a little room to write. You, You can't say much in the space of a postcard, unless your recipient knows the context, unless they know the background. Then you don't have to waste words. And that's what we wanna do in this series. We wanna take these postcards from heaven, these five single chapter biblical books and and help you with the background, help you with the context, help you fill in the gaps. And I wanna start today with a message we're calling a postcard to a woman and her kids. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. And you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church. And, and right now, that's uh, Sean's message on 2 John from the sermon series Postcards from Heaven. Joining me today is my very good friend, Pastor Dallas Cox. Say hi, Pastor Dallas. Hello. <laughs> Bringing the energy. <laughs> So <laughs> Dallas told me pre-show that he was that he was going to bring the energy for the show, and I'm glad that he did. He's a little bit like Robin Williams in yes. Good Morning Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, it was funny because I was I was making fun of myself because actually it's been a year since I've been back. Yeah. I feel like the last time I was here, I was like, "Hello, hi everybody," and I'm like, "That's not me. I'm not that guy." And so I was like, "I'm gonna I want to bring it up." So uh, either people are gonna love this, or they're gonna be like, "Hey, maybe bring him on again." <laughs> In another year. So. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to be true. Yeah. I'm sure that's not going to be true. So, in fact, on this sermon series, you're about to deliver the second sermon in the yes. sermon series. And I'm super excited. Here's one thing. If there's anything that – the one thing I loved about this message is it pumped me up to to, to speak the next week because mm. I was like, man, this is good stuff. And and there was – I was got convicted by things. There was just a lot of things as I was, I was watching and listening to the message. I was just like – Ooh, you got to go next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's so, been great. So you're preaching on Third John. I'm preaching on Third John. Yeah, and it's a community. Yes. Theme, yeah, stuff? I, that's yeah. Really, I'm talking about. I don't want to talk too much, but yeah. I, but I I am talking about um, the letter. Uh, my my message is called a letter to a good friend. Oh, nice. And so, uh, or a letter to a great friend, and talking about John's relationship with Gaius and just kind of what goes from there. But I was really motivated by Pastor's message that going into this message, and I'm glad that I kind of got to you know kind of piggyback off him in a little, in a way. Yeah, that's great. So I'm not going to waste any time. Let's just jump in. Yeah. Um, and we'll listen to that very first sound clip. Uth and love. It's what should be the characteristic of every Christian. And it echoes what the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians, that Christians should learn to speak the truth in love. And one of the most remarkable, one of the most difficult works within our Christian life is to hold these often opposing things together and keep them in balance. But unfortunately, many of us emphasize one at the expense of the other. Like we might emphasize truth by centering on doctrinal issues. We may insist that the scriptures be followed carefully, but we do that 
at the expense of love. And, and when we do that, we're rigid, we're cold, we're judgmental, sometimes even cruel in the way that we say things. And so even though what we say is exactly right, we end up trying to defend the truth at the expense of love. But you know, my pastor used to say, you can say anything you want to people as long as you say it in love. Then on the other hand, there are those of us who make the mistake of emphasizing love at the expense of truth. And that leaves the impression that we should accept everyone, that we should accept everything. And in that, too many of us become tolerant in every direction. Yeah, that's, uh, that's heavy stuff. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, like Sean, Sean's never light. Mm-hmm. I feel like Sean's always got some really, really decent depth. But this, this idea of can we love too much or can we be uh, truth-telling too much, mm-hmm. like, that's heavy. Yeah, and I knew, like, even listening to that clip, I go, oh, yeah, me and Pastor Scott are the the love and <laughs> maybe the truth thing. Because, you know, and we were put in, you know, situations where, you know, we want to we have a relationship with the person. We want to be liked by the person. We want to, you know, we want to show God's love. But sometimes we'll go, but I just, uh, maybe I'll tell him the truth later. And yeah. it's like, but that's, and, and even Pastor said it, that's not loving. Yeah. When you do that, and I go, oh, don't say that. Right. Yeah. For real. <laughs> and 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 that really that's that was a convicting part for me is to hear that and go, yeah, I need to I need to also say the truth in love. It makes me wonder though. Do you think that there's are there steps involved? Do I am I do I do I hold not um not hold back on truth, mm-hmm. or but do I do I do I have to get through some things first? in my relationship with the person before I can start speaking to them a truth, even if it is in love. Like I, I'm reminded of like, there was a Bonhoeffer quote, like about bearing one another's burdens and mm-hmm. hearing one another or spending time with one another or weeping with one another before you can start instructing one another. Yeah. And so that always sticks with me. And so I just, I, like, I wonder about that as, 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 as ministers, mm-hmm. it seems such a weird thing. I don't feel like either of us really, look or act like ministers, but as ministers, mm-hmm. as, as pastors of people, I feel like that's, that's a big question for us. Like how yeah. far along in my relationship with someone do I need to get before I feel like I can start correcting them? Cause like, I feel like if you were ever doing something wrong or if, this is probably better, mm-hmm. I would trust that if I was ever doing something wrong, mm-hmm. that we're the kind of brothers that yeah. we're the kind of friends, you'd be able to speak truth over me yeah, and that would be fine. But like, if there's a person that's just new to my church, right. And it's been there for one week or two weeks or just just decided for Jesus, like I like, I don't know that I, I don't know how that works. I don't know like what the required gestation period is. I I, th- I would agree with that. I think you know, like you said, your example with me and you. Well, there's five years of right. getting to know each other in that. So I think that's where the where the time and effort has come in, and the trust has come in. Go, hey, I'm. I'm 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 doing this and I'm telling you this because I do love you and I do care about you. I think again the the distinction between are we walking in truth before love or love before truth all has to predicate on time. Mm. That I think if you're going to go and tell someone the truth without really knowing them, you're a truth before love kind of person. Right. But at the same time, if you are maybe been with someone maybe too long, you right. know, right. and you and you know they're stuck in their ways, like I have I have friends that I know that I'm like, oh, you know what? They've been doing this for a long time and I've just been used to it. And so, but at the same time I have to go, but they need to know that I love them enough to, to, you know, tell them the truth. And it's hard too, because, you know, sometimes conviction does hurt. It, it is, yeah. it is tough and we may not get the reaction we want, 
But maybe later on, we got to trust. They go, you know what? I'm glad you told me that. Yeah. So it's, I think that's the difference is, you know, through time and just knowing, hey, you know me, you know who I am. I'm not what you, you know, are described as this judgmental Christian. You know me enough. You know my family enough to know that when I'm coming to you with this, with this truth, I'm doing it in a loving way because I care about you. Yeah. So. I feel like I keep making excuses, but I need to give people a chance to trust me, mm-hmm. to understand my context, yeah. to understand. You know, I think about like when people meet me, they don't, I just assume everyone meets me because I'm in my head all time, like all 54 years I've always been here. Yeah. And so, and they may have just met me. And so they don't know where I'm coming from when I say this or I say that, yeah. when I do this or I do that. Yeah. And so they're going to apply their own lens, their own interpretation of what I'm doing. Yep. And like, they don't get a chance to know me. And so they're going to see it through that lens. And so when I think about this idea of like speaking to someone in truth before I have a chance to build trust yeah. or a relationship, that's what scares me. But I could see where people on the other side would be like, I don't know how much time I have with this person and yeah. I'm obligated because I love them to say, hey, you're screwing this up. Yeah. Right. And so like, I could, I could see where on both sides, yeah. there'd be like this tension about when is it? You know, when can I wait or how long should I wait or like on both sides it is. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, like I, I think about like I have a friend um, that helps downtown at LC downtown and I needed to build a relationship with her before I could start correcting her. Like she's in yeah. leadership, you know what I mean? But I, mm-hmm. I needed to make sure that she understood who I was and where my heart was yeah. and so that she could see our kinship before, because she was ready, she would, would just, she's the kind of person that would just like tear your head off if you challenged her. Oh, but gotcha. I saw so much good in her yeah. that she just, like no one ever had the patience for her mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. But I need that skill set downtown. And so like, okay, well, I'm going to put in the work here. Mm-hmm. And so I just want you to know that. And so then you'd frame it up. I would start framing up my truth. Yeah. You know, because I know, because we're so similar, I'd be able to, you're going to feel like this is what I'm saying, but I'm not. This mm-hmm. is where I'm coming from when I tell you that you have to this. Yeah. And like, I feel like people will respond to that. I feel like people feel respected by that. Yeah. And I think teachability comes with relationships. Yes. That people are willing to be teachable, knowing, like, you know, you care about me. And maybe I need to, uh, you know, mature in this area or, or go in this area. I think, uh, again, defense also comes with, you know, um, just past experiences, past things. And so sometimes, you know, we don't want to, but when we go into certain positions, we sometimes bring our past things with us. And so it's interesting. But you were talking about time, which made me think about, um, loving someone and knowing you don't have a lot of time with them. I had a I had an uncle who passed away of um, cancer, mm. and we knew it was coming. And my aunt called me and she says, "I think you need to like have this." And my aunt uh, is not a Jesus person. Maybe is a Jesus admirer. I'd okay. say maybe sure, uh, but not a Jesus person. And she goes, "I think you need to talk to him about just." the afterlife. And I was like, okay. And so we're making the drive and I'm talking to Shelby and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm like scared, but I care about this person. He's my uncle. He's my favorite uncle. And so I'm sitting down with him and I'm talking with him and asking how he's feeling and stuff like that. And how he feels about just, you know, just life, you know, about being told that his timetable is getting shorter Yeah. and he was having peace with things. And then finally I had to get to that point where I said, okay, um, like, do you have, like, do you, like, what do you think about heaven? What do you think about Jesus? Do you, like, what do you think about all these things? And he was very open to him and things like that. And I said, would you be willing to, like, do a prayer with me? Because here's what I believe. And here's what I think the, the and here's mm. what the Bible says. And I, I yeah. said, I think I had to cut myself. It's not what I think. It's what the Bible says. And it was hard for me. But I think because of relationship, he was open to it. And I was able to have that prayer with him. And I was wow. able to have that moment with him. 
And so it made me, when the funeral came, I was super emotional, but super confident that I know where he is because I believe what the Bible says. And I had that moment with him and it wasn't easy because I, you know, he would have said, no, I don't know. That's stupid. I believe that. And it just, and then I knowing me, as soon as he would have questioned that, I would probably shrunk and like, oh, you're right. Okay, fine. But like, but I, I'm so glad that he was open to it. But at the same time, even if people do push back, are we willing because of our love and our relationship with them to go, okay, I want to push, not push in an angry way, but go, no, 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 here's what I'm, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying because you still want them to get the truth. And maybe they won't give you the reaction you want at the moment, but you still gave them the truth. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've got five of these to do, so I feel like I'm spending too much time on this. <laughs> That's true. But just as you were talking, I just, I, I, you know, I think about, I wonder if the people that will, how did you say it? Love first, truth later, or truth first. Love later. I don't know how you said it. Yeah. Well, I was saying it was like some people will go to truth first over love or right. love first over truth. I wonder if there's anything like if you're, if you're a lover first or a truther first, I wonder if that is tied to like your confidence Yeah. or your, cause I feel like for me, I know that I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence. Uh-huh. I, I've always just operated out of a, from the backseat my yep. whole life. And just, it's a relatively new thing for me to like step into leadership. Cause I just always felt like I was stupid and I didn't have anything to offer anybody. And so I wonder if that's part of it because I always felt like my superpower was love. Like my yep. superpower isn't confident leadership mm-hmm. yeah. slash truth telling. Like that's not, you know, where I felt like my strength was. And so I wonder if it's tied to that somehow. Yeah. You know, where anyway. I'm the same way. And, and yeah. even to the point, here's a, here's a little, uh, you know, um, spoiler. I'm, I'm being pushed by God to be really confident in area uh, with the message I'm doing next. And I'm a little nervous about it, but I, but I do think our church needs to hear it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really praying and, and just asking for that God confidence that they'll hear it. Even my prayer is God, don't let this fall on deaf ears. Yeah. Let them hear your word and what you're trying to speak through me through your word. Yeah. Yeah. We've been using God confidence a lot lately. And I don't know why we're not just saying Godfidence. Like, I don't know why we're not. <laughs> I like, like that. Godfidence. I'm going to make a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Here's the, here's the next one. Guys, I think we need to redefine our view of love. Love needs boundaries. Think about it like the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River is beautiful, flowing 2,318 miles from Lake Itasca in northern Minnesota to the Gulf of Mexico. It is magnificent, majestic, but it can also be maleficent. So, So it needs borders. It needs boundaries. And if it leaves its borders, if it leaves its boundaries, destruction happens. Cities are flooded, homes are destroyed, disease and bacteria are spread, lives are lost. The river has to stay within its boundaries because if it doesn't, it becomes a thing of destruction. Love is like that. Love without boundaries can cause great harm. So first I'm just gonna say, I mean, this is really good stuff, but as a public speaking nerd, Mm Like the first thing I think it was like Maleficent. I don't know about that, but like Sean's so good at that. Like, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm gonna say majestic, and so I should have another M word. What's another M word that means dangerous, or what's an M word that yeah. means you know something to be fearful of? And so he found Maleficent, and so I, the only Maleficent I know, right, is from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, and then later played by Angelina Jolie. Right, yeah. I didn't see any of those. Did you watch any of them Maleficent movies? I did. Are they good? My, my, well, I watched the first one. I was, I, my daughter was in this phase where she was really attracted by, um, like, villains. Yeah, and it really 
like scared me, but then I read a book and heard some counselors saying like, no, you're just, your kid's in that phase where they want to know good. So like she was in that phase. She's like, Ooh, I like that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> so, right? but I took her to the first one and, and it was cute. It was, you know, they do, they do something in it where you're like, is she the bad guy? Uh, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling Maleficent for yeah. anyone. Um, but yeah, she went through that phase. So I did see that, mm. but I liked his illustration of the river yeah. because it's interesting and how he relates to, to love because I imagined in, in the illustration, you know, me living by the Mississippi River and seeing it in its boundaries and it's wonderful and it's great. But at the same time, if it left its boundaries, especially in a very drastic way, it would go from looking great to being very scary right. and to the point where I would actually run away from it. So it's interesting that he relates love to that, that love in its boundaries is beautiful and it's great and it's majestic. Yeah. But at the same time, love outside of its boundaries actually causes you to want to run away from it. Yeah. So I was like, oh gosh, like, and that just, again, another, a good conviction. I don't want people to think when I'm saying conviction, they're like, I hate it. No, it was, it was really good for me to hear that, to hear that, you know what, am I truly loving people if, if I don't have boundaries on it? Yeah. Or is it so open and broad that they're, they don't even realize it is a river, yeah. which is really great to think about in that capacity too, that people are like, oh, what you were saying was love. I, I didn't take it that way or, or the opposite. Oh yeah, man, I knew that was love and I didn't hear anything you said. Mm. And so it's just kind of the in between how, if we don't have it in the boundaries, it can go from great to bad like that. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, not to mix metaphors, but mm -hmm. like, I feel like, you know, you can use it as a tool. So fire yep. in the same way can yep. be a tool. A lot of positive things come out of fire, heat and light and mm -hmm. everything else. But like, if you're just reckless with it, if you just kick your fireplace or your campfire, right? Yep. Just all over the place. Or if you don't have, you know, like a ring around your yeah. fire pit, you know, and just, I don't know. Now yeah. it's a, now it's a problem when there's no boundaries, there's a problem because now the grass is on fire. Yep. And then, you know, that grass goes into the field. Now the field's even drier than your grass and now that's on fire. And now, yeah. you know, and so while fire in and of itself was beautiful and loving and mm -hmm. kind and warm and light, you know, now it's raging out of control. Yeah. So I mean, I get, it goes from a great memory being right. around the campfire right. to hell, right. to yeah. destruction, to I hope this ends. I mean, it's it can go from that to that. And so, yeah. again, another great metaphor of just going like if it's not in the right boundaries, you could create bad memories. You can create uh, bad reactions, things that people are going to not hold on to. I mean, there's people who are um, in, you know, religious abuse because of a just no boundaries on love, right? That they were either it was too much or it was too little, and they just they can't look at it the same way. Right. Same like someone if they lost their house to a fire or a flood, they can't look at water probably the same way. Right. You know, and so it's it's interesting, and I love both metaphors because it does distinguish that we need to have love and boundaries. Yeah. That we need to again have that balance between truth and love, which the whole message was about is finding that balance. Because if you do too much of one, it could, again, it could destroy or do too much of another. It could just go, I didn't even know that was a river. Yeah. I thought this was a whole lake. You know, yeah. it, could, yep. it just changes the view. Right. You know, uh, last summer, I'd felt like it had been years since I had a fire pit fire. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have anything. To, so like I just, you know, COVID and I'm like, I'm, I think we all just started buying stuff that we yeah. didn't think we really needed. A hundred percent. Just had different, different experiences. Anyway, so like I bought a nice fire pit. I bought a cord of wood, yep. you know, had it delivered, mm -hmm. you know, and bought fire starters and yep. like not the book fire starter yeah. or the movie <laughs> starring Drew Barrymore. Uh, but you know, like little, anyway, it's not important. Yeah. 
And so I had a nice fire. It was really great. Woke up the next day, you know, and so there was like some wood left over. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I don't know why I would, but so I took that wood, mm-hmm. you know, that was left over and yeah. put it back on the wood pile. Right, because I'm like, this is still good wood. I could burn this again. Yeah, I mean, my gosh! Yeah, and, and what we're talking about here is like 15 cents worth of wood, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is what we're really talking about. Anyway, but so I put it back on the pile and I go about my day. I come back, and like that wood was still uh, yeah. hot, mm-hmm. and so it started other logs on fire. So now, if you come over to my house, you'll see that like the whole side of my <laughs> the whole side of my house, like the the vinyl siding, is all melted right? yeah. <laughs> because I put. This uh, thing. And so, again, this fond memory of, I'm going to have a fire again, yeah. and it's a fire pit, and we're going to make marshmallows. And mm-hmm. and so now I'm reminded of that yeah. because of the danger, the lack of boundaries, because the side of my house has oh, melted off. Yeah. That's, you know? There you go. You know? I mean, so, <laughs> that's yeah, good. We got, we got to have boundaries, you guys. But if you open yourself up to every religious practice, every religious principle and doctrine, you are in for destruction. And this doesn't contradict our message last week about extravagant love, because you can't have love without truth. So John links truth with love. I mean, just in the introduction, just in the first four verses, he mentions truth five times, because love without truth is dangerous. I mean, every cult I've ever heard of promotes love. They envelop you with love and affection and support. So John says, hey, let's love. Like, I'm all for love, but let's let it run free within its limitations. Let's love with discernment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Last night, um, we were talking about this uh, because love extravagantly was another great message from Sean, and love is a big part of how we talk at at the downtown location. We talk a lot about love and love and go, about how... You know, the, really the only instructions that we ever got from Jesus was to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul, mm-hmm. love our neighbors as ourselves, even the ones we don't like, mm-hmm. and then go and tell the nations and make yeah. disciples of all men. And so like, to like, sort of like, I don't think it's an over, oversimplification because even Jesus said, if you just follow these two rules, love God and love others, you mm-hmm. will fulfill the law, yeah. right? And so like, I don't feel like it's an oversimplification. Anyway, so I had that, I had that shirt on yesterday while we were doing baptisms that said love and love and go. Yeah. And Sean looks up at me, he's like, Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> he also mentions being hippies and he said, we're not hippies. We're not, you know, yeah. that we're, you know, anyway, but we're hippie downtown. So we were just talking about that, about how it's, you know, but like, I feel like you, you can still be loving and, 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 and not have it be hazardous or reckless. Yeah. Although I love reckless love, especially the song. Reckless love. That's yeah. a that's an inside joke here yeah. at church. Anyway, but I just like I I don't know how careful I can be. I feel like I'm not good at being careful. Which is funny because I was gonna say that sometimes being loving, and again, I'm very pro love too. And I'm very and I that sounded so hippie right there. I'm very pro love. Like, <laughs> oh, stop. Um, but I I also think that being a loving person does open up the door of what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of this book? Or what do you think of this yeah. thing? And and I wasn't that that you know that especially when I started becoming a Christian and in the beginning of my Jesus journey, you know, I was still surrounding myself with with uh, unbelievers and and which isn't wrong, but it, the 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 ratio was bigger. It was like more unbelievers to just me and maybe one other person. And in that, they go, "What do you think of this? And what do you think of that?" And in the love in a loving way, you'll go, "Well." 
if it talks about God, then it's probably good. Right. And but but then we're finding out no. As you read, you know, that's what they're talking about in first and second good John is some people are gonna try to sell you on something that isn't from me. And you need to have that discernment. And I think it's the and it's it's interesting because sometimes, especially as young believers, um, for me, maybe personally, I didn't want to say I don't know. I wanted to have an answer, yep. especially yeah. when you're trying, you know, the mindset is I want to win people for Jesus and I want to win. So I need to give them the answer because if I don't have the answer, then I lost them for Jesus. Not realizing that I don't save people. Right. I don't do right. that. But as a young believer, I thought I did. And I was really confused by that. So I wanted to give an answer. But one of the best answers when it comes to discernment is I don't know. Mm. I don't know about that book. I don't know about that song. I don't know about that. I don't know. Let me look into it. Yeah. And then I'll give you my 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 thought when it relates to what the Bible says, everything like that. But it's okay to say that. And it's okay to know, especially in relation with someone, that they should respect, I don't know. Because mm. we don't know it all, you know. Right. Yeah. But we lean on the God who does know it all, and we and we have a book that helps us with his understanding. But uh that was the biggest thing for me is to understand that you know what? Discernment's big. And and saying I don't know is is really a key to discernment. Because you don't want to just jump into something that you don't know. Yeah, It's okay to say, yeah, I don't know, but I'll look into it. Mm. I just finished this book. It's really good. It's called Drop the Stones by Carlos Rodriguez. And uh, he's a uh, pastor. He's a speaker. He's, I mean, he does a lot. Anyway, I love his heart. And, the, you know, the book's about, you know, not judging or not about loving first, mm-hmm. you know, that whole bit about yeah. how, you know, when the Pharisees pulled that woman caught in adultery before Jesus, they were, you know, trying to get her and also trick him, you know, mm-hmm. and just trying to do all this stuff. And so, you know, and that plays to my feelings because if, if I'm, if I, if I withhold love from anybody, I withhold love from like religious rulers. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, and I feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm just like Jesus that way. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm, you know what I mean? And so it almost to the point where, I mean, no, for sure to the point where I could be accused of not loving them, of yeah. not showing God's love to them. Like mm-hmm. thinking that I was so righteous, you yeah. know, like where I, I would fight people's righteous indignation against marginalized people or yeah. people that are outside the church. And I would, I would, I would be just as vehement, vehement. I can't help I'd you I'd be there. just as angry about it. I'd probably mess it up too. <laughs> <laughs> as they are, right? And that doesn't make me any better. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I think about this, you know, discernment, like I just... I think about how that's a conviction for me. Yeah. Like I don't extend love for them. Like I'm just, I extend judgment to them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just mad at them, you know, for not including other people in their love. I, and just like, you know, leading with truth or truth. In fact, I just posted today because I'm always posting. I'm a poster. Yeah. I posted about how if, um, if, if quote, your way of life mm-hmm. uh, doesn't line up with, what Yeshua lived or how he spoke yeah. and you need to recalibrate because that's not the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I just think I, I keep thinking about like people that are aligning their politics with their faith mm-hmm. and they're talking about their way of life. And, and I'm watching this series exterminate all the brutes just mm-hmm. about this like idea of supremacy. Not, I'm not talking about like sheets or anything yeah. or, you know, I don't know, skinheads. I'm just talking about like, we have this idea that there's this, there's cultural supremacies anyway. Yeah. And so when I think about that, like I'm mad at that. Like mm-hmm. I'm mad at those people. And so I have to I have to not be mad at that. I just know that they can't go I'm saying 16 different things right now. Yeah. Well, it's funny cuz you said the, the the accuser. 
Right. You know, and, and, and he said, if you haven't sinned, then throw the first stone. He's, he's giving in the right, but, but then also speaking truth in that. And I love what he says to the woman. Once they all leave, right. he says, and are any of your accusers here? She says, no. And he says, go and sin no more. Right. And so even in the loving going, I, I love you and I care for you and I'm here for you. And I've, I've took all your accusers away. Now don't, don't do this again. Right. St- don't, don't yeah. go back to that. Yeah. And so he showed the love and the truth right next to each other. Yeah. And so he's saying, you know what? And and the way he paused, because he could have said, how dare you? How are you this? He just paused. And it's interesting, the posi- the posture he put, that, that the scripture says that he would go down and he would write on the floor, you know, on the on, in the sand. He'd, and then he would ask these questions. And then he kept doing that. He kept posturing for that. And, and, and some people have said, well, he was coming down to her level. And that's great too to come down her level and say, you know, I care for you enough to come to your level. Right. But he also cared for her enough to go, this lifestyle is not good for you. Right. And I don't want you to go back to this place where people want to stone you again. So stop doing this. Right. And that was loving too. Yeah. And I guess, and maybe like I'm down with you then because I feel yeah. like there was two ways that they could have approached this woman. They mm-hmm. could have stoned her yeah. or they could have like helped her, walked yes. with her. Yes. Come alongside of her. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of being a loving person, mm-hmm. like I feel like that's part of it. And maybe that's what I'm talking about. Like maybe yeah. even you just talked about pauses, right? About taking enough time mm-hmm. where she knows that she can trust this particular rabbi yes. because apparently, you know, he's got something else going on. And so yeah. when he says, you know, now go and don't do that. Like yeah. move out of that house. Well, not that there's weight to that. Not just like you're wrong, I'm gonna stone you. Like yeah. that's not there's no there's no draw in that. There's no attractiveness in that. There's mm-hmm. no, oh, I want more of what these Pharisees have because they've yeah. got it going on, yeah. right? But they're like, this Jesus guy? Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. Even though he corrected her, even though yeah. he said, you know, even though he spoke truth yep. with love, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just the difference. Maybe that's that's who I rail against, the people that just want to speak judgment or speak truth without love. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what a, it is. A place of superiority. Yep, you know? and he had to correct that too. Right, yep, and he did. And there are so many faiths today who won't openly speak against these things, they just won't acknowledge them. For example, Unitarianism says that there's one supreme being, but they'll never declare him to be the Lord Jesus. Christian science says that he's a divine idea, but he's not a deity, he's not the son of God. Spiritism, which is super popular right now, says that he's a medium, but he's not the mediator. Mormonism says he took a body at incarnation and he became a man, a great man, but he's not the son of God. Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that Jesus isn't equal with God, that he was created by God, but isn't coexistent with God. And many of these groups, they feign as if they believe the same as we do by simply not acknowledging that they don't. Mm. Yeah. You know, you could see where you know, just the average Joe could drive through our city, right? And see all these different churches and mm-hmm. just, you know, think like he's talking about. Like, yeah. Jehovah's Witness, that sounds good, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm a witness to Jehovah. Jehovah is like the Israelite God, mm-hmm. right? You know, Jehovah, like it, it's, that seems fine. Yeah. Christian science, you know, that seems like a thing, right? Can I be honest with you? The first time I heard Christian science, I thought, I thought they went to church and they, they talked about Jesus, but then they did science experiments. Right, they like labs. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to teach do that. science and how to make a volcano. Like I just really thought that. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but like, and there's some of the things that I, I mean, that I never knew growing up that mm-hmm. these differences, right? And yeah. like, in with the LDS church, and so like, 
it seems like they talk about God. They've got angels, yeah. right? It seems like, you know, but then you learn that, you know, some dude from the backwoods of New York, you know, made a bunch of stuff up and wrote a book. And then, you know, like, you're like, oh my gosh. And I'm not trying to diminish it if you're listening and you're LDS. I'm really sorry. Yeah. But uh, come talk to me about the truth. Scott at LifeChurchGreenBay.com. I'll speak to it in love. But like, I just, I just never knew that. Even like, even just the other day we were somewhere I feel like as a staff, and Sean was talking about Seventh Day Adventists. Yeah, and I just thought, aren't they just like us? But they meet on Saturday, which is cool. I'm a, mm-hmm. I meet on Saturday. Yeah, you know, Catholics meet on Saturday when there's going to be a Packer game on Sunday, so they can get their church checked off, and they can, you know, what I mean, so like Saturday's okay. But like, and I still don't exactly know, you know, like what's up with the Adventists and how they might not be a yeah. thing. But like, we just don't know. Yeah, and so the denomination thing for me is really just a matter of of, of people fine. Stay with me. Yeah. People fine-tuning their faith with what they believe the way that it works. There's just so much. There's so much that's unclear. There's so many mysteries about our faith. Yeah. That, but as humans, we want to, like, we do want to put a fine point on it. We would want to know that it's black and white. It's a one or a zero. Mm -hmm. But there's so much about God that's not a one or a zero. That's not black or white. That's Mm -hmm. like, I'm just never going to know because God doesn't even exist in my plane. Like, he's like, you know, like, physical matter doesn't matter to him and that time doesn't matter to him and space doesn't matter, like all that stuff. And so like, why would I try to put a fine point of it? So I feel like denominations come from this point where we all agree, like, you know what, when he says this, this is what we all agree yeah. he means by that. Yeah. And so there's denominations where there are big rocks yeah. that are the same, like me and the Methodists and I don't know, Presbyterians maybe like there's things that we believe about Jesus and about who he is to God and who God is in him and like who Mm -hmm. we are and God, all these other things are big rocks that are immovable. And there's a bunch of like filler stones that like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we don't agree on. Yeah. And so, but it's, if they're outside of that thing, Mm -hmm. if it's outside of like the rocks aren't even included and that's where Sean was headed at with like the Jehovah's witness and you know, the Unitarian universalist church and the church of Jesus Christ scientist and like all these other things where like, these are big rocks that aren't shared. And if all you're doing is just loving people and feel like we're all, you know, loving the same God and praying to the same God and we all are on a path, but all those paths lead to heaven, this is where that becomes problematic because you might buy into something or leave something out that that's a big rock and you can't leave that out. Uh, I was, there was a time I was in, um, I had, I went to private school in high school because I was, I'm from Las Vegas and my family was afraid for, for me to go to public school. They were like, you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to join a gang on accident just because that's how it happened. <laughs> they would, they would, they would, you know, run to you. And so, um, I went to a Christian school and I remember we were talking about religions, different religions. And it was kind of on a piece of paper on, you know, things they believe in, th- practices, things like that. And then there was a part on the afterlife requirements for, mm. you know, uh, the afterlife and all of it, all of them except Christianity said, you know, just being good, reincarnation, things like that. Christianity was Jesus. Right. That's the requirement. And for some reason, I I felt more attracted to that faith because I was like, well, that makes sense to me then. That that's just the way it, it that's just how it's through. Now, not, and again, that could seem uh, for some people like, well, that's not loving enough. No, no, no. God is loving enough that all you need is one requirement that, that really you don't have to doubt or you don't have to question. You just go, no, I have Jesus. Was it? Oh, was I good enough? Did my did people pray for me enough? What was I in purgatory long enough? It's never those doubts or questions. Mm. Jesus took it all, and that's loving and that's truthful. And so, really, I was out of all the religions, and this was a time in my life where, even though I went to a Christian school, I wouldn't really consider myself a Christian. 
I was more attracted to that faith because I was like, wow, okay, that makes more sense to me to know that there's just one requirement and then you're not confused by these other requirements. And so it just, and it also kind of blew me away. I was like, wait a minute, that's the only religion that has that requirement? There's no other religion that has it? Nope, not, not from what they've been told. It's always been kind of this gray area. Like, let's talk about that later. Just come on in, okay? Let's have some food. Like, it's that. You're like, no, we don't need it. But like, but Christianity kind of leads with that. Like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, like, he is, he is the one. He is the requirement. Yeah, I love that. And it's just like Sean had said, right? Like when he was talking about, anyway. So here's the thing, and I want to drop something on you because I thought of this while you were talking because yeah. you're really smart. And so God does love us. Yes. And he gives us a way. But so often because we think that the only part of the equation is the afterlife. That mm-hmm. the only part of the equation is I need to live well enough. Yeah. You know, don't sin long enough until I die mm-hmm. after I've made the decision so that when I do die, I get to go to heaven. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing. And like, and that's obviously the largest part of it, right? Correct. <laughs> For sure. But like God didn't, when God said that he wants us to have a life and have a joyful life and have joy to the full, mm-hmm. these things that he's asking us not to do, we have yeah. to stop looking at them as like things that would be um, subtracted from our life. Correct. Happy things, good things subtracted from our life. Yeah. Like, cause that's how we're looking at it right now. Like, oh, the Bible says I can't do this. I can't sleep around. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know why I always go to that. Probably because yeah. it's my thing. But I mean, I'm not saying I sleep around. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying like. I, I get you. Right. And so like, we all have these things. Like mm-hmm. my, eating too much is my thing and yeah. shopping too much is my thing. And yeah. anyway, we all have these things. And so um, we think, well, if I take that out, I'm not going to be happy anymore. But then at least I'll go to heaven when I'm done. Yeah. And like, God's like, you're never going to be able to take all the stuff out. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and that's that, and that's the part of the equation. That's the part of the agreement that that the church, as a whole, has been missing out on. Yeah, like, like this idea that he knows that we're never going to be able to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. He just wants us to keep trying. Yeah, right. He just wants us to start loving. Yep. This goes back to my thing. I get it, but mm-hmm. like, because I believe that I can't love against you and sin against you at the same time. I'm mm-hmm. either loving you or I'm sinning against you. I'm either yeah. hurting you or I'm loving you. Because mm-hmm. that's really what sin is, right? Like yeah. if I'm going to steal from you or hurt you or punch you mm-hmm. or kill you or take your wife or whatever, yeah. all those things are harmful or hurtful to you. Mm-hmm. All those things are the opposite of loving you. So yeah. if I can just focus on loving you, like he says a thousand bajillion times in the Bible, yeah, love others, Yep. right? And so if I can just do that, I won't have space in my life to sin against you. Mm-hmm. If I'm in love with you, not like in a gross, I want to kiss you way, but like yeah. if I'm, if I care about you deeply, I would never do the things that would hurt you. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's the equation. And so I can live a full, happy life, fuller and happy than I would ever be sleeping around or eating around or shopping around yep. or drinking around or whatever. Yeah. Like so much more happy by this full, joyful life of love and a promise that, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's like, we're missing that. Yeah. Church is missing that. Well, it's interesting. Like you hear the prayer as, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Right. You know, that phrase there on earth as it is in heaven, meaning the greatness of heaven can be here on earth. That we, like you said, we don't have to wait for the afterlife to, to walk in the goodness and the peace that God has for us. But there are things that will probably get in the way of us walking in that fullness that God has for us. And that's conviction really. And again, going back to the analogy of the shepherd with the rod, 
that the rod is there to correct. You know, when you look at shepherds and sheep, they use rods, they they tap to put them in the right direction. Right. And so sometimes we'll focus on the rod, like oh, oh, there's that rod again. Not realizing, no, but that if I if I accept what the rod is trying to do, it's leading me the direction that I want to be. Right. That God wants the fullness for you. He wants you to walk in fullness. But he's on. But he's telling you there are some things though that you feel like you need that you really don't need. Right. There's some mindsets you feel like you need where you don't really need. Which is you know it's funny because you bring up the the, the sex thing because that for non-believers that's like a no go for a lot of them. Right. Okay, I'll do all the other stuff, but you're telling me I can't have sex with my girlfriend. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing that. And and we say, but here's the thing though, in the right context, you could you could have the fullness God has for you. I'm trying to give you all of what of it, yeah. and that's what God's trying to do. Not me. I'm you know God's trying to lead you into that on earth as it is in heaven minds or not mindset way of living yeah. where you're like, I loved it. I love my life on earth. I, and I'm not, and, and not being that believer going, well, this sucks, but you know what? I'm going to heaven. So, right. you know, yeah. cause no, it's like you, you can, you can have that fullness now if you just are constantly in a place of surrendering to God, yeah. God, what mindsets do I need to change? What attitudes do I need to change? What addictions do I need to confront and remove? What are some things that I need to fix so that I can walk in the fullness you have for me. Yeah, if you're wondering what you're supposed to be cutting out of your life and why you should be cutting it out, like take that thing to the fullest extent of it and ask me what good comes of that. Yeah, You know what I mean? So like if I if I feel like, you know, drinking is fine. Okay, all right, so let's say drinking is fine. And it is fine by the mm-hmm. Bible, right? But like too much drinking is a problem. So if you Correct. take drinking all the way to its fullest extent, drinking's a problem, Yeah, right? If I smoke some weed, like what's wrong with a little bit of weed? It's legal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's take that all the way to the end, Yes, right? Or if like sleeping around is a mm-hmm. thing, like what's the all the way to the end of that? Yep. You know, or all these other things that we, like if I shop too much, Mm -hmm. right? What's the end of that? If I eat too much, what's the end of that? Yeah. And so these things that, that, that God has that are calling sins, these corrections, I loved your illustration. I mean, not your illustration, but I think Jesus said something about that first, but like, it doesn't say that, that Jesus like beats the sheep with the rod. Nope. You know, and so like my non-believing friends, like who are argumentative, We'll mm-hmm. talk about how there's this angry God. He just wants to send everyone to yeah. hell except for the ones that will follow his stupid little rules, mm-hmm. right? But like when a shepherd is using his rod to correct a sheep, again, not beating him over the head with yeah. it, but like tapping it, yeah. right? Or like putting it next to him so he knows he can't go that way. He's got to go yep. this way. If he if he, if he he didn't love the sheep mm-hmm. and just let him go, like where would the sheep end up? They'd walk over a cliff. I mean, sheep yes. are idiots. They are, yes. You know what I mean? So they'd walk and they'd get eaten by wolves or they'd fall off a cliff or they'd, mm-hmm. you know, what? whoever knows what else. And so yeah. when the shepherd corrects him with a rod, he's just like, oh no, it's this way, buddy. Mm-hmm. And so we got to stop thinking about guys like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> And think like, oh no, it's this way, buddy. Yeah. Because that's how God talks to me. Yeah. Because I'm always because I'm an idiot like a sheep. And so God's always telling me, oh no, it's this way, buddy. Yeah. This is the way to go. Well, and, and you think about beating, the shepherd still needs a sheep to keep going. Right. So if he's gonna beat it to the to the point where it can't go anymore, then it's lost the the whole point. God wants you to still keep going. Right. He's gonna like, and I love that you the analogy of putting the rod next to him. And that the word reminds us, it's right next to me and remind me, no, no, keep going, keep yep. going, don't go back to that. No, right. no, here's the way. That's you're gonna fall off the cliff. You're gonna get. You're gonna drown. You're gonna. You're gonna get eaten. No, 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 no. Like we do that as parents. No, 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 no. You know, and our kids can get annoyed, but it's like, no, no. You understand? I know more than you right now. Which is so fun to talk to an eleven year old about. She's like, you know more than me. I'm like, I I do. I I hate to say it, but I do. (laughs) And and uh, and so it's just going like, I know the end result if you go down this path because I went down that path and I did that and I and it's it's the same result. It just is, and you know, it, on a number of things. And so again, we we going back to the beating. It's just enough to direct, right? 
That's all. Conviction isn't supposed to put you in a depression. It's supposed to make you go, okay. Yeah. That's all it's supposed to right. do. You're supposed to kind of, ooh, I didn't like that, but I learned something from it and I'm going to keep going. And I'm to, and I don't want to deny that this happens in church communities, right? Yeah. There's people that will leverage their position and their title mm-hmm. and they will take advantage of people and they yeah. will beat them if if not physically, certainly spiritually or certainly yes. emotionally, right? Yeah. So don't take that though as that that's God doing that. Mm-hmm. Like that's some, you know, jerk off yeah. that like is like taking advantage of a situation. That's still evil and that's still managed. You can't, can't say, well, God did that. Yeah. God well, didn't do that. And which then the question should be as, as a person who loves and seeks the truth, did my truth cause a person to keep walking or did it cause them to stop in their tracks? Yeah. Cause if maybe did I, did, did my truth beat them to the point where they're like, I'm done with all of this. Yeah. Then I think maybe we went a little too hard and we right. need to bring that love in. Right. Yeah. I love that. Great job. The man who loves you the most tells you the truth. He holds nothing back because you can say anything you want to people as long as you say it in love. But there's a method. And John talks about it in verse 12. He says, I've got much that I want to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink. I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. What's the method? It's not a social media post. It's not with a sign in front of a clinic. It's one-on-one, face to face. And when you do that, the truth will bring you joy because the Proverbs tell us a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in good season, how good it is. That's extravagant love. I love this clip so much. I was like, I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this clip. Yep, I wasn't sure who was gonna go first. You go first. Uh, That's the truth. It's face to face. If you want to make an impact on someone's life, if you care about someone enough face-to-face, and I love that John said that, I have a lot. I want to tell you a lot, but I know you're not going to listen to it if I'm not face-to-face with you, which he says that in 3 John 2. There's so much more I want to tell you, but I'm going to wait until I'm face-to-face. And I think for, for believers, that's the biggest thing too, is we need to be like John and just wait. If you want to tell someone something, then you know what? Go find them. Yeah. Give them a call. Take them to coffee. If you really care about that person enough, no. Because, but, and don't let impatience win. Because a lot of times we go to social media because we're so impatient and I can't believe they said that. And we allow offense to come in first. And so there's, there's, I mean, there's plenty of times. I mean, I have, there's some people from back home who are just saying things to be offensive. Yeah. And I have to stop and go, no, 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 no. I'm not going to reply to his, to his text or her, her, her uh, post. No, no, I want to see them. Because I want the, them to be reminded that not all believers are like that. Right. You know, I want them to know as I'm talking with them and they see my heart and they see my face, they know who I am. I'm not going to go into their thing and give them a response. And same with these people who go on social media and go, well, this is da 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 It falls on deaf ears because you're just going, and, and some people will just use scripture, but the, but the timing and context doesn't work. So even though you have good things to say, if it's in the wrong time, it's going to fall on deaf ears. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I loved how he talked about how you can't go to social media, as you alluded to. Yep. You can't just paint it on a sign and stand in front of a clinic. Yep. Because like that, like I, I, that resonates with me because if you don't know someone's situation, if you don't know the context of why they're doing what they're doing or the mm-hmm. decision they're about to make and you just disagree with it and you just want to go in and condemn them, yeah. you know, out of righteous indignation and condemnation, mm-hmm. like that's, 
I don't even know how true that is. Mm-hmm. That like I, I know that in the Bible, I don't know where because I didn't go to Bible school. You went to Bible school, kinda. Yeah. So somewhere <laughs> it says that there's no condemnation for those Ooh, who are in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. Yep. Right. And so that's, that's Romans not, eight one. Oh, thanks. Sorry, Paul's letter to the Roman church. Yeah. Anyway, so he doesn't say that there's no conviction for those who are in Christ Jesus Correct. because conviction's still a thing. Yes. Right. And a conviction is part of our relationship that we have with God through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So like conviction, you know, like. That's the groundwork. Now, sometimes you can be surrounded by people who love you and love Jesus that can, like, I don't know, help you see that conviction. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, there's no condemnation. So for me to stand outside of a clinic and think that I'm saving babies by, like, yep. you know, hurling insults and and and, and judging, uh, yep. you know, a, a person that's, like, that's not where it's at. However, yep. if I say, hey, before you do this, mm-hmm. can, can we just, can I, can, I mean, we have coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, that's I, I'm struggling because I don't know that you could really do that. But like, yeah. the, my point is, is that rather than like looking at someone who's not living the way that I think that they should live, mm-hmm. like I can't just tell them how the wrong they are. Yeah. I need to talk to them for a second. Yeah, you know, last year at this time, not only did we have COVID, which was a hassle, we also had politics, which was a hassle. Yes. And then this was shortly around the George Floyd thing, and then yep. George Floyd led to like 16 other things. Yep. And so we did a podcast where we sat down with uh, a few guys from our community mm-hmm. who were African-American. Yep. And they started telling stories about what it's like to be African-American. Yeah. Now, you grew up in Las Vegas, so you probably knew a bunch of African-American people. And I did. Friends with it. Like, yep. I didn't, like, there was one, she was really super cute in high school. Her name was Tasha Lipsy. Yep. And she was fine. <laughs> but, like, I didn't know her. Yeah. Right? I didn't know her, know her. I didn't know anything about the context of her life. And then I sit here and I listen to Chris Bell tell me about the time he was driving to Appleton to go to a college class and he gets pulled over yeah. by a cop handcuffed and put on the ground while yeah. this guy figures out what's going on. Like just because he was black. Yes. You know? And so anyway, having a conversation with him helps shed light on that. I need to have, and I'm not saying that he's wrong because I'm black, but I use it as an illustration. Like I never knew that. Yes. So there's things that people are doing, the reasons that people are drinking, reason that people are using, reason that people are, I don't know, whatever they're doing that I think is just wrong and they shouldn't do it because yeah. of this through my lens and my context. Like mm-hmm. I, before I do any, like this goes to Bonhoeffer. Yeah. I got to sit with them and bear their burdens. Yeah. Right. Share yeah. their, share their experience with them and find out why. Yes. And so like, I, I love that idea of how this can work. And that's for me, that's what love looks like. Yes. And so like people want to like pin me down on things. So tell me more about gays and homosexuals. Oh, and I know. Like I, like I just like, I, and my answer is like, I hate, like yeah. I'm not, not I, I don't hate homosexuality or yeah. I don't hate homosexual. I hate this question because I don't, it's not a clear answer. And I yeah. hate that it's not a clear answer. Yeah. But I know that what I profess is that the Bible is inerrant, mm-hmm. right? And that it's absolutely true. And yeah. that I know that no matter what version of the Bible I read or what year it was produced or whatever, I know that it says that this is a problem. Yeah. The same kind of problem as every other kind of sin, even the sins that I do. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. you know what I mean? So like pride is an issue for me. I'm prideful and I want people to love me and I'm sad when they don't. And so like, yeah. that's ugly to God. God's like, how come I'm not enough for you, bro? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need other people to love you? Yeah. Like, why am I not enough? And like, it makes God sad. And I'm, I'm, I hate it about me. Yeah. But here's the difference. Like, so I have to hate that about me. So if like, and I hate the fact that I like Oreos too much. And I hate the fact that I probably shop too much. I keep saying the same things. But like, the, the thing about homosexuality is that I, as far as I can tell, like there's no, there's no victim to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, I mean, I mean, guess you could say that it's harmful to the human race because then they can't procreate, and then if we were all gay, then we'd never have any of us. And I, I mean, and that's what like 
I don't know, jerky people will say. Mm-hmm. And so, and I get that, right? But I mean, I don't think our whole race is gonna, like going to, yeah. Anyway, my point is, is that I don't know that I have the answer and I hate that I do, but if, if I don't have any answer, I got to fall back on what the word says. And the yes. word tells me that it's wrong. Yeah. Why it's wrong. I can't wait to get to heaven and ask God why it's wrong. Yeah what the thought process was here. I'm probably going to punch him in the arm, mm-hmm. you know, and say, oh my gosh, why? Right. Yeah. And so, and, but that's all I can say. And like, people yeah. get mad at me. People on both sides will get mad at me for my position. Yeah. But like, all I can do is just try to do it as much lovingly as I can. Mm-hmm. And with as much truth as I can. Yeah. And it's finding that balance. And again, going just on that same topic, um, cause I've had that question to ask to me too, is, what would you do or what would you say if, you know, a homosexual is in front of you? I would, I would love on that person as much as I can because they've been told what they're doing is wrong so many times that they don't want to hear the truth. I mean, the truth in love. All they hear is sin, 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 sin. But they aren't hearing that, but Jesus came and took care of all sins and that we have a connection with God because of Jesus. That I even said it in kids ministry uh, this week. That that God, what Jesus did is He built a bridge over our sin. Yeah. And so, and to where we are in right standing with God through Jesus. So my biggest thing is going. Yeah, I know this is this is a sin, and I know you don't like to hear that. But here's a great thing: Jesus took care of all sins. Jesus took care of all of our sins, your sins and my sins. And I know I know you're hard to accept that because you're going, well, you're not going to make me do this. I'm not going to try to make you do anything else. Right. But I know that if Jesus is in your life, watch out. Right. It's going to transform you in a way that you never thought was possible. Because when I think about other sins, like if let's just use an addict, right? Yeah. Someone that uses. And uh-huh. so like um, – that's a problem. Yep. But if, a, if an addict comes to my church, I'm loving that dude. 100%. Right? You know, 100%. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to offer myself as much as I can to help him, mm-hmm. right? To point him to the right resources, to let him know I believe in him, yep. to like walk alongside him from a discipleship kind of standpoint, you know? Um, but if that user doesn't ever stop using mm-hmm. and he asked me, do you think I'm going to go to heaven? Not if you don't repent. And by repent, I don't mean like whip yourself in the back. Yeah. I mean, say, I can't do this anymore, or yeah. I hate that I do this. Yeah. I'm going to try tomorrow not to do this. Yeah. That's what you have to do as a sinner to get this thing about Jesus that you're talking about, this bridge and the yep. thing with the stuff. All that's dependent on you saying, I hate that I'm doing this. I need help to stop doing this. Yes. And so the reason that's difficult for me when we get to the, the gay and homosexual part mm-hmm. is like, they don't want to just know that if they stop doing it, will they go to heaven? Yep. They want to know, can I keep doing this? Because I love this person. They love me. We're really great together. We're not doing anything wrong. We've got a great kids together. We have like, yep. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah. Right. But they, they don't want to stop being that way. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, then I have to say, listen, I'm going to be your friend. I'm going to help you move. I'll pick you up at the airport. If someone picks on you, I'll beat the crap out of them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, I'm going to be everything I can, except for the person that tells you, you can keep doing that and go to heaven because that's the part that I can't tell you. Yeah. Just, then, like I, just like, just like, sorry, just like I can't tell someone like if they're, if they're, if I'm going to marry somebody and they're sleeping together and they ask me or I know about it, I'm like, Hey, uh-uh, you guys, you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't keep doing this. Not because God doesn't want you to sleep together, but you're going to be able to sleep together in a second. So like, but this is offensive to God, Yeah. right? It's a sin and you can't just keep doing it willingly. Yeah. You have to hate that you do it. Like I get, maybe you guys go out, have too much wine, right? And then all of a sudden, like one thing leads to another. Okay, but you have to hate that the next day mm-hmm. and like, and and confess that you hate it and yeah. repent from that. And so, or if you get drunk all the time, if that's your thing, I, I would tell the same per- thing, same thing to that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But this all goes back to our original thing we talked about, or fullness, where it's not, it's more than just the afterlife. That is, it's as on earth as it is in heaven. And so, so even in that mindset, you have to go, but I want you to have fullness now and, right. and not impatience, but, but that's where the truth and love comes in. So if you're in that position, you want to go, here's the thing, man, I love you enough to tell you this and you can accept it or you can't, but I can tell you that it, it changed my life when I accepted it. And I did have to uh, surrender some things to God. And it wasn't, an, a, 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 for me, I know some people are like, I, uh, my addiction to alcohol went away instantly. My addictions didn't go instantly. Yeah. My addictions hung around for a bit. And I had to keep confronting that and then bring people in my life who were going to help me confront it. And then it, it just, eventually, then I was open about it. But it, it took time. But Jesus, I'm not saying Jesus wasn't there. He was there. He was just like the woman. He was there with us, constantly reminding me, hey, why do you keep going back to that? All you feel is shame. All you feel is guilt. All you, Why do you keep going back to that? And it had to be this gradual thing. So that's all I can tell people is, you know what? I can tell you I can't save. I can be an example, but Jesus can save and he can take care of all things. Yeah. And you can have fullness with him in that. Yeah, that's really good. Hey, that was good today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You did good work. So listen, if you if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you would uh, share it with your friends on social media or rate and review this podcast at any one of your favorite podcast channels. Um, you can also subscribe and make sure you're notified every time we issue a new episode. There's several other podcasts that happen here at Life Church, including Cheery Conversations with Pastor Sonny. Um, Sean or the staff's you know uh, weekly um, messages are all on a podcast. There's um, the whole podcast with pa Pastor Becky, uh, and that's the Journey to Wholeness podcast. There's a pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. There's just a bunch going on right now. And so you're welcome to join us uh, on any one of those podcasts. We'd love it uh, if you did. And so I think um, I think that's it. I don't think I've got anything else to say. I don't get, watch, not watch, listen to the whole podcast. It's really good. Download it now. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, so thanks for joining us today. I'll talk to you next time. My name is Pastor Scott. Thanks for being part of our family. Oh,